Hello, everyone, to SPL Perspectives, and I am Jack Mitchell, along here with the esteemed John Borgato. That's right. And so with this week's podcast episode, we, we switched up a little bit. We always try to, to give you different areas that not only are current and pretty much pertinent to what we're doing every day, but also on the deeper end too, whether it be with our colleagues or other other individuals associated to the industry. So with that, today is about ethics. And ethics in the SBO is not as cut and dry as it sounds, but it is an interesting podcast and we'll welcome you to listen along. And John will get us into today, who our special guest is. Yes, today we have Ron Klamser, uh, Assistant Superintendent Dobbs Ferry, who really kind of helped us navigate through the issue of ethics. And, you know, as Jack said, this this episode today is a little different than what we've had in the past, as I think it, it does apply to a wider audience. This is not specific to the school business official. We do speak to some issues relating to the business office, but I think more so as a district leader, more so as an individual, what is it like? What do you expect from yourself? from ethical decision-making and what you expect from others. So Ron gives us a great perspective in terms of his ethical stance, his core values, and how that's really shaped his leadership in school districts. So here's our interview with Ron Klamser. Today on the podcast, we have Ron Klamser Jr., the Assistant Superintendent for Finance, Facilities, and Operations at Dobbs Ferry Union Free School District in Westchester County. Ron has 16 years experience as a school business official and has worked in a variety of public schools, but he's also incredibly involved with the Association of School Business Officials as one of the board of director members. He's been part of a special task force to develop the school district business leader study guide and is a past president on the Lower Hudson ASBO chapter and is also the president of the NIBEST executive board. Ron, welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you. Ron, Thank you. Happy to what's be here. going on? It's quite How the rap doing? sheet. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm just like so impressed. Like, wow, I, like, who's this guy, Ron? And <laughs> the, man, Ron the man, the myth, the legend. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, we see you every year with the board. And I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. But thanks for coming on. And you know what? I want to say this only before we get started in the questions that really, Ron, you know, when it comes down to it, you... The reason why I, John and I were thinking about having you on for this episode for ethics, like you've always exuded this thing about like, and ethics for some people means a right or wrong. It's not just that, but you having the best path of making the decisions uh, as far as like, whether it was, you know, you being on the executive board or you had been past chapter president, it just always impressed me. And I was like, we got to have you on for this. So thanks for coming on again. So. Well, Actually, Ron, you know, we, we were just short on guests, so we had to scramble and get someone. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. That's funny, dude. In the spirit um, of being ethical, I'll tell you the truth. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, the truth, the truth is that truth you Truth is we were short on guests, so <laughs> right. you pulled the str- short straw. Yeah. Only kidding, Ron. We're glad to have you. <laughs> so with It's great that. to be here, and thank you, Jack. I appreciate those kind, kind thoughts, you know, that... Um, Three of us have, have been in the trenches together, statewide oh, yeah. ASBO, we're doing the, yeah. rolling up our sleeves and doing the hard work for the profession. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, so I mean, ethics is, is a big part of, of all of our, our daily lives. And with that, in the business office, with this, Ron, have you ever like hosted any ethical awareness training with your staff or maybe personally undergone such training? Well, I guess the short answer to that question is no. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. I, I, you know, when, when, when you sent me that question, I thought about it and I'm like, you know, we, we've never done a formal ethics training mm. in, in the staff, in the office for the staff, but you know, it's a really good, it's a really good idea. You know, and I think that, I think in reflection, I'm going to, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to put that on the docket for the future. You well, know, think, think about often we, we just get into the, into the grind of what we're doing and what we're, what we're working on. And we try to, we try to uh, model good ethics, but the idea to bring somebody in and do a workshop on ethics is a really good point, Jack, because I know when we recently hired some people, there's always a question on ethics on that, yeah. on that interview question. You're like, have you ever been in a situation where your ethics were challenged and mm-hmm. what was it and how did you respond? And I, of late, I found, found people either didn't understand the question yeah, or I mean, had trouble mm-hmm. even answering the question. So I think, wow. I think there's, some, there's some room for training like that. Or even I was going to say is that, you know, we get, we get the fraud questionnaire from, from our order. And that's part of, I think, ethics, you know, that you're, you're stating that, listen, you attest to X, Y, and Z. And I think that's part of the ethic makeup. So that's why, you know, I, I thought of this and I thought of that question, but I guess, listen, it's something maybe will be a trend moving forward. Well, you know, it makes sense from that audit perspective because, you know, the positions that we hold are probably prime for being challenged with ethic, you know, ethical questions and and ethical requests. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you go through that auditor question about, you know, do you have any conflicts of interest? Do you know of any you know, areas of potential fraud? Obviously, that's under the ethics umbrella. But, you know, the term of ethics, in my, in my opinion, is so complex and so mm-hmm. broad. You know, I, I, I kind of see it as, you know, when you when you think of in our profession, there's so many rules, right? And, and you, you, can, you can probably measure it by you're a rule follower or you're not a rule follower, right? But in my mind, ethics is kind of like over, overlays all of that, okay. you know? And, and so when you look at rules, there are obviously clear reasons why we follow the rules, right? right. But, but there are some times when the rules need to be challenged because because of maybe an ethical reason right the rule doesn't fit what's right or what feels right and but there's right. there's an ethical way to challenge the rule right so you follow the rule and then and then you advocate or you, you try to change the law or you do whatever you can because the rule needs to be adjusted right and so that's where ethics gets really complicated you know when i when i think of when i think of the law i think of when when this is how i conceptualize it in my mind when two people go to court, they both go to court and argue their side of the law, right? And I don't know that anybody goes to court with the idea that they're on the wrong side of the law, because right? that, would, certainly that would just that. be, <laughs> they'd be losing out of the gate, right? And then when yeah. you think of how things go to the court and they, they get ruled by one court and then overturned by another court and eventually end of the Supreme Court, you have two highly qualified you know, legal teams arguing their side of the law and oftentimes the, the, the Supreme Court comes down with a like a five-four split vote, right? So is the law always clear cut? Is the rule always clear cut? And this is where, when I think of ethics, I think of ethics kind of is that umbrella that encapsulates it all because when when the law is not there or when nobody's in the room watching you, ethics is all you have left, right? Yeah. And so to me, ethics is that barometer of what do you do when nobody's watching? What is your, you know, you, some people call it the moral compass, right? But what is that barometer where you're making decisions 
that you just you feel are right. And you do it for the ethical reason, right? And, and I think that's a really great entry point into the next question I, I wanted to ask you, because you've really outlined your, your viewpoint on ethics and how important those are and really how nuanced that subject can be. And it sounds like it really boils down to who you are as an individual and, and what your core values are. So how could you kind of, for us, sum up who you are and who what your core values are? You know, that, that's another good question. For me, my, my core values come down to, to doing what I feel like is the right thing to do, you know? And I, I, I usually think of myself as, per, as a person that often lives in the gray zone. What I mean by the gray zone doesn't mean that I don't have values or I don't have, I don't have passions or I don't have something that I stand for. You know, most of those personality tests you go through or different things like that, I find that I, I can view most topics from both sides, okay. right? Yeah. And so, so I find that I'm like that Venn diagram of a personality. I, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like right in the middle and I can, I can see both sides of an argument. And so then what, what, what my core value becomes is what feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what do I feel in my gut is the, is the right thing to do? When you, and when you think about it from, from a point of view of our, professional lives, the barometer that I always use is what, and this might sound hokey, but it really is what I base everything on is what's good for kids. What is the right decision? That's a great barometer. Well, I mean, you think, you think about it, every decision that comes down to what we finance, where we put resources, decisions that we make regarding residency and tuitions and special ed services, you know, sometimes the rules don't always apply to what's the, what's best for the kid. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you, you got to make a decision because it's the right thing to do for kids. And I remember early on in my career in this job, I had an internal auditor and he was kind of a tongue in cheek comment, but he said, if it's, if it's good for kids, it's probably um, not good for an audit <laughs> or it's probably against the rules. <laughs> and I'm sure you probably, you know, experienced that yourself where you've had to make a decision. You're like, eh. I could go either way on this, but I'm going to side with the, with the way that's best for kids. And if I have to defend something, that's worth defending, right? If I have to defend Absolutely. a decision, okay. I can stand on the fact that I made a decision because it's good for kids. So, Ron, when you're making those decisions, I understand your process is rooted in what's best for the kids, right? And what you feel is right. And I, I can see that that requires from you just your own internal ethics. But have there been times where you struggled and maybe you, you've had to consult someone or perhaps you second guess your decision. You know, I, I think, I think there's a lot of second guessing, right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's probably where that ethical struggle comes because we, we're always trying to make sure that we're doing, that we're making the right decision, right? So I think, I think it's a natural process as part of that struggle to kind of second guess the decision. You know, did I make the right decision? Did, what, what, what was the effect of my decision? What was the long-term effect of that decision? So I think there's a little bit of second guessing, mm-hmm. um, which I find to be a natural part of that decision-making process. And I guess I would add to it, not just what's good for kids, um, but what's good for people in general, right? Because our job, I mean, yes, we focus on the kids, but there's so much that is involved in our job, whether it's personnel related or, or community member, taxpayer related, you know, what, what's in the best interest of people. And I, I, 
I would like to think that that I try to treat people the way I want to be treated and, and try to have you know mutual respect for people. I, I, I'm sure I failed in that aspect, and you know, but that that certainly is uh, at the core of, of how I make my decisions or how I decide to treat people. Now I, I'm not sure how many times you're faced with a, a true ethical dilemma, but in I'm sure you've had some in your career, but in those instances, do you kind of have a person or people that you turn to to kind of act as a sounding board or do you kind of work through it on your own and just kind of come to a conclusion based on your gut and, and your feeling of what's right? Well, I guess the situation would dictate the answer to that question, but you know, one, one thing that that is great about this profession is the collegiality among school business officials. And we're not just colleagues, but in many times we're friends. And there, there's several several friends and, and you two are, are certainly in that category for me that I'll pick up the phone and we'll have conversations and bounce ideas off each other. Have, have you, have you met, met with this challenge in your district and how did you respond? You know, we often send out items on a listserv Right. I don't know that we get into these ethical questions through the listserv, but you know, we, we've all developed these relationships with fellow school business officials. We reach out to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. You know, help me understand. Uh, give me some insights. How'd you deal with it? Whether it's somebody who's been in the business a long time or somebody that you just really connect with. And that's probably, probably my number one go-to. But you know, sometimes internally, it's more of an internal discussion. So you're, you're talking to um, another assistant superintendent that's in the district or you're bouncing the ideas off the superintendent because, you know, we're in the, in this mix together and we want to be on the same page. So, you know, if there's somebody you can go to, 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 to get feedback, that's certainly ideal when dealing with these, uh, these intense situations or difficult questions. Mm. And, and, and as you said, I, I think the ASBO network is a, a great resource as well. I mean, a, a lot of the back and forth is business only as, as we've seen, but there's a vast audience to, I'm sure, get some feedback on some ethical dilemmas. So how do you think then ethics play into your decision-making and, and why do you think they're so important as a school business official? I, I think for me personally, I think my ethics plays into every decision I make, you know, from, from the smallest one to the largest one, I think, you know, I used the word barometer before, or moral compass, you know, that, that that's the basis by which we, we decide on. And if, you know, if, we're, if we can't defend our decision-making, if we don't have a, a platform or basis of it, then, you know, what are we deciding based off of, right? So right. I think for me, you know, the, the ethical, the, the ethics is always at the core of my decision-making. You know, it's interesting too, because we have a code of ethics as an association that all of our members are, are to follow, you know, and it kind of lays out in very clear terms. But, you know, I just, you know, pr- prior to this interview, I pulled that up because I was like, yeah, it's been a long time since I actually looked at that document. <laughs> Brush the dust you, off. You know, <laughs> and <laughs> it's good to refresh that every now and then because, right, you yeah. know, it kind of keeps it in our, in our me- in, you know, in the forefront of our memory. What was the second part of your question, John? Oh, I, I'm just wondering how that plays into your everyday decision-making and why it is so important as a, as a school business official? Well, it's important for, for a variety of reasons. I mean, you've got the, the technical aspects, right, about money. A lot, large portion of what we do is handling the, the resources of the school district. So, so where that money goes, right, we have accountability for that money. 
right? And so, it, you know, I think ethics plays a large part, part of how you allocate resources, right? So we go to what's good for kids. Um, how do you best protect the, uh, out, you know, the resources of the taxpayer, right? So those are some ethical dilemmas. But, you know, we have access to millions of dollars at, at, our, at our approval level. And so how we manage that also becomes a very ethical, you know, question because sometimes, uh, you know, we go through audits, we go through these things, but really when nobody's looking, you know, we, we have our ethics to stand on and about. We're not, you know, skimming from the top or, or making side deals on, on, you know, with somebody that we're benefiting from. And that goes to the core, core values, right? And the core ethical dilemma. So I think as school business officials, it's certainly absolutely part of what we do. I, I don't know how you can be a school business, a successful school business official and not be an ethical person. There's just too point. much room for shenanigans, you know? Right, right. Shenanigans, I like that word. <laughs> so Ron, I guess, you know, the question I'm really focusing on here is really the challenge, the challenge of ethical. I mean, right now we have a big, huge challenge. It probably doesn't cross over to our space 100%, but I know the mask is a situation that like, you know, we can't even really get into. But in the past, maybe there's been a decision, you know, you've made this conflicted with your core ethical values. Like, how did you really approach that situation? Like, at the end of the day, we do work at the at the pleasure of a superintendent and the board, right? So this is the key to being a business official, is that balance, is that saying, all right, well, I have ethical core values, but what happens if this comes across my plate? So have you really run across any any type of challenge like that? <clears throat> you know, I, I think so. First, I want to address the first part of the, maybe not the question, but the discussion, you know, you use mm-hmm. the you brought it up the masks, right? Yeah. And so I think we're in unprecedented times and we're probably tired of saying things like that and hearing the word mm-hmm. pandemic and COVID. But really, you think about it, these are unprecedented times for us. And we, we are finding, and maybe we're not making these decisions, but the, it still does affect us. But we're finding this divide amongst people of you know, the, the division between or the balance between personal freedoms and public safety, right? Which is an ethical dilemma of, you know, you said mask, whether it's mask, whether it's vaccine mandates, but it drives to the core of of balancing between somebody's personal freedoms to either vaccine or not vaccine or mask or not mask and the the protecting of others through the public health, right? And so ethics is at the core of that decision-making, right? And it's, it's really driving almost everything that we're doing these days within the scope of our work. So the second part of your question is we do serve at the pleasure of the superintendent, serve at the pleasure of the board. And I I can say that I've never been in a situation where I was flat out directed to do something that was unethical, just against my ethical um, moral compass. And and have I been involved in, in discussions where an idea came up and we, you know, it was a safe space to discuss those complexities of the ethical decision. I think almost every one of those times we've walked out of those meetings and we were able to to come to a consensus about what the right thing was to do, right? So I've never been directed. I feel like, I feel strongly enough about it that if I had been, I I would, you know, decide to leave 
you know, because, or yeah, no, I, I get I'd, I'd lay down my position. And if, if it was, yep. you know, strongly against what I felt like was the right thing to do, I'd, I'd be faced with a decision to say, look, I can no longer work in this environment. You know? Sure. That's fair, man. You know, and, and I think, I think it, fortunately I've not, I've not been in a situation where I've had to do that. Good stuff. But thanks, man. Appreciate and it. I, and I hope that not too many people ever are forced with that. Right. Well, that's a great segue to, to my next question. I mean, can you be an ethical person and differ from a district or is there a difference between being an ethical individual and being an ethical district? You know, that, that's, that's an interesting question too. And I'm going to be a little bit technical with my answer because I, I think of the district as an inanimate thing, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. the district is, is, a, is an organization and collectively has policies and procedures and maybe even some culture, but really it's the people in the district that create the ethical environment, right? And, and right, so it's like the district isn't asking me to do some, something, it's somebody in the district asking me to do something, or the board, the governing board, the superintendent, right? So I guess from a technical aspect, you know, the district has vision that's been developed that tries to be ethical or a mission statement that is an ethical mission statement, but that's all driven by people, right? And, and, and the collective ethics of the people that wrote those policies and procedures and so on and so forth. So I guess the question of, can, you, can your individual ethics differ from the ethics of a district? And I think absolutely can, because I think ethics are a very personal decision. It could be driven by politics, right? It could be driven by religious values. It could be driven by upbringing. And so what one person's strong ethics are could be very different than somebody else's strong ethics because of their upbringing and the way they, you know, their religious values or whatever the case might be. So I think you could find yourself in a position where, where your individual ethics may differ from the ethics of the district. Right. Um, I don't think it's a very productive position to be in. And, and I don't think there's a long-term you know, sustainability to that. So if I were in a district where I felt like my ethics didn't line up, I'd feel like I would need to look for, you know, another place to settle. Right. And you, you know, you actually said something and not to get too off topic here, but when you reference the term, the district, I always found that funny in my career when either administrators or unions or whoever it may be personify the district. It's like, well, who do you think you're talking about? <laughs> you know, like, it really, it's really contextual. But I was, I always thought that was kind of funny when people refer to the, the district as like this kind of Oz thing behind the curtain. It's like, well, it's, it's a collective of people, you know? Right. Right. So I, I guess I got my point across. <laughs> you, did. you definitely did. Well, Ron, we, we appreciate you uh, coming on. This has been Awesome. Before anybody in leaves, we typically ask, you know, what advice you can give out there to our peers who could be listening. So if, if you will, if you, you mean, we could summarize the ethics and this is a complex, like you said, from the beginning, it's not cut and dry. This is probably one of our, our different type of episodes here, but anything you want to add or advice um, before we let you go? No, I think I would just kind of reemphasize what I said about ethics being very individualized. And I feel like we live in such a polarized place right now where it's okay to have different, I feel like it's okay to have different ethic, ethical values, but being in a space where, where 
where there could be mutual respect, where people can share their viewpoints and share their, their passions and their beliefs without feeling like it's being judged or it's being criticized, because I think there's space enough for us all to learn from each other. Um, my ethics have changed over the course of my life because I've, I've learned from people that I've respected or had different viewpoints. And, and I said, you know, like I've, I've reevaluated my ethics and, and made a decision to, you know, choose a different path based off of that. So I, I think having that space, that safe space to be able to, to talk about these things is important. And I, I you know, applaud your efforts here to, to bring it to the, to the discussion through your podcast. Right, because this is a safe space to talk about it. Sure. Well, cool. Brad, well, it's it's a difficult subject. It's a sensitive subject, especially yep. as you as you said in the in the current climate. You know, things seem to be more polarized than ever. So we truly appreciate you mm-hmm. going out on a limb with us and in and talking about something that oftentimes maybe doesn't want to be talked about. So, Ron, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Ron. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in with Ron Klamser with our discussion on ethics. I think that was a really powerful conversation and, and one that oftentimes I don't think is really discussed in the public or really addressed. Yes, Ron was really open and uh, candid about his views. And and something like this is not easy to talk about, but I, I believe from Ron's perspective, and that's what it is, that's perspectives, we can really get a glimpse of how sometimes it's challenging, really the basis of what we do as SPOs and how ethics plays a part in the business office. So we really do thank Ron and we hope that you enjoyed the episode. I mean, it's something different. And again, it should hit hit you differently as well. So with that, we're looking forward to wrapping out this month. This month, I do want to mention it is Black History Month. You know, that is a month where a lot of times things are, are we have a special guest coming later this month. I want to give it away. But you'll be surprised um, in the corner of Black History Month. And other than that, I mean, folks out there, we wish you the best as you plug it along through your budgets, as you plug it along through the different mandates. We hope that you all are doing well and you're listening because um, we're here to bring you what you need. So, John, it's another one in the books, man. Another one done. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week.